Thanks to everyone who supported us on Patreon. Go check out patreon.com slash boards and swords for additional content. Hey everyone, Chris Button in here real quick at the top of the show. In this episode, you're going to hear a lot of Discord notifications and, and messages and beeps. I thought it was somebody else on the call, but it turns out it was me. Uh, Discord updated and reset all my settings, and I didn't realize it till the episode was over. So I'm trying to edit them all out, but I'm sure a lot will still be in there. So sorry about that. Anyways, on with the show. Watch very closely now. Three, two, one. Bazow! Check that out. We want the fun. <laughs> Gotta have that fun. Is it okay? If, so if it's okay if like when the bread touches the fries. Do I really want to just stand still and cast a lightning bolt? No, I want to avoid you and shove a lightning bolt across. Fall. I just crap my alien <laughs> pants. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I just want to let you guys know. Uh-huh. You hate um, all of us and, and we're um, fired. <laughs> I've, I've released poison into the AC system. <laughs> you all have about five minutes left to live. So much news. Like all Nothing this stuff to talk about. No, there's been some stuff, but it was all boring. You didn't go with C. Well, you need to go with C. And our friends, we we combined. You've told that story. We combined. Have I told it on the podcast? I'm yes, pretty sure you have. Well, I'm telling it again because I just realized as I was reading this that this game's already been done. They even made a show about it. It's called Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and go watch it. This is Boards and Swords. Hey, 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 happy new year, everyone. Happy 2022. I got to make sure I remember to say that. This is Boards and Swords. This is a podcast featuring bad jokes. Uh, We got heavy on the good folks this week and some board games as well. I'm your host, Chris Redshaw, one of them at least. Uh, Also, live via satellite for like the first time in forever, we got uh, Mr. Philip Herbig. What? Hey, what's hey. going on, everybody? And then also joining us this week, we have Andrea Jessica from Gameosity. Hello. So we'll Hi. be getting into all sorts of stuff. But uh, before we get started, why don't you tell us real quick about Gameosity? Jess, you want to take that one? Uh, sure. We're a board game news and reviews website. We do videos, podcasts, uh, TikToks, kind of um, all that fun stuff uh jess is of course a menace with all video streaming platforms uh <laughs> and i'm just here to look pretty and talk about board games you're, you're the you're the face that oh yeah <laughs> and everything else i think that's philip's job yes i'm the face jess is everything else and jess is also the face so <laughs> <laughs> she's the face and the talent oh yeah <laughs> it's the it's the beards that are really just drawing the people in. That's, That's right. Yes, I gotta grow a beard. Although I didn't realize until I went I went to your the the about me and the 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 page that Jess actually writes for Geek and Sundry. I used to. I uh, haven't in a while. Jess has about a thousand side hustles. <laughs> yes. um, she is an absolute monstrosity, like <laughs> a, a, a dervish of productivity, the likes of which this planet has never seen and is not prepared for. Do you find time to sleep in between all that? What is this sleep you talk of? Uh, <laughs> she had that removed. That was patched out. <laughs> all right. Well, they're go- we're actually going to get into finally. It's been like almost a month now since since PAX Unplugged, but we're going to do so- a little bit of recap on that. Uh, but first, uh, I've got like some month old news to talk about. Actually, to be fair, it's two week old news because we didn't have a show last week. To be fair. fair. Oh, so good. Well, what is time? Yeah. Uh, So, first up, 
Let me actually get the that one. There we go. The first up, this this next game puts the uh, kin and munchkin, or 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 the munch, depending on what you end up leaving around, and that is. Uh, yeah, Phil. This one I, I, you mentioned it before. Wait. Show this is this one was for you. You could play backstabbing baby adventurers and munchkin babies. Wow! <laughs> can, you, can you say what you just said on air, Chris? That was a little <laughs> babies stabbing babies. <laughs> That's literally the headline. <laughs> Although every time I see this, all I could like immediately anytime I think about this product, the theme song to Muppet Babies just starts playing in my head. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> God, that would have been such an amazing show if that was the premise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now, this is... It's, now, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying this is coming soon, apparently. January 2022. Wow. Uh, today. I, I, I think the... Oh, that's wild. But <laughs> I, I think that it was also... I saw Munchkin Ru Russia... Was, yes, was an we, we that talked that that came out a, at least a month or two ago because we had that as a previous news story. But yes, they're still apparently making Munchkin games. We can agree that Russia is not a theme, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they threw out theme a while ago. Yeah. Like <laughs> now yeah, it's just they're, what they're can we probably make going the uh, they're probably going the ticket to ride route. We're going to have Munchkin Russia, Munchkin India, Munchkin Pakistan, Munchkin. I don't know. There's going to New York going. Subway. You know what? I would play that. <laughs> yeah. 15 minute munchkin. You just open the box and go, nah, and then put it away. <laughs> Eventually it's just going to be like you open the box. It's just an, a knife and a name. And like, that's. Oh. The <laughs> I will say though, with the, with the munchkin Russia, they did try and make it to where it was like incorporating Russian kind of like, uh, mythology and like urban legend type stuff like stories folk tales so that like okay that's sure. neat okay so there's a baba yaga monster hiding yeah. around in there somewhere okay like at least okay. it, there's effort i guess see i i would i would enjoy that as a concept i don't think i would enjoy it as a game yeah but i would enjoy that as a concept as opposed to just like a million like putin jokes like <laughs> you yeah. know like <laughs> Well, this one, Baba Yaga. Yeah, your adorable baby versions of the Munchkin Adventurers. You can play as an Orkling, a Dwarfling, an Elfling, or a Quarterling, which is half a halfling. So Quarterling. Wow. Very good. Oh, Very good. <laughs> that one. That one checks my box there. Uh, your classes are like uh, Whiz Kid, Ankle Biter, Crumb Snatcher, or a Holy Terror. <laughs> I'm the Holy Terror. Yeah. Nothing uh, holy about your the, terror. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, more munchkins. Exactly. Uh, there are also new items like the kazoo of constant whining, kid safe stabinator, and the blame resistant pajamas. See, like, I like the goofiness that goes in there. I just hate the game. Yeah. Like, I like the, the, the goofiness and the creativity. Yeah. I feel about your opinion there, Chris. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, so next up, um, I had a really intense workout in the basement that I needed uh, Ashley's help afterwards, only to be confused when she she brought me a brush. Turns out she heard something else when I said I was painting or panting. I mean, that was terrible. I was reaching on that one. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is uh, th I brought this up because as someone who paints minis, I thought this is really cool. Um, so Citadel and Ga games workshop slash Citadel has these contrast paints, which I have been telling people for about for, ever since they came out. I love them. They're great. 
it, it, it's a paint and a wash kind of at the same time. It makes it look really good without as much effort as like some of the big wigs. However, it, it must be a thing catching on now because uh, Army Painter is now coming out with its own thing called Speed Paint. So I'm assuming it's probably pretty similar. Uh, but the, the cool part about this is the price. You can get 10 bottles of the, of the Speed Paint in this, this mega set for $40, which... Wow. The, yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> so that's what, like $4? a bottle? Yeah, so four dollars a, a bottle, whereas it's like six to seven on <laughs> for the Citadel ones per per pot. So yeah, mini paint is so expensive. It is, and Ashley's always like, "Why are you using that fancy paint?" And I'm like, "Cause I, I try and sputter something. It's specifically formulated for the miniatures, but in essence, it's really because I watch a lot of uh, videos on how to do things, and I like being able to match up the paints one to one. Like, use these <laughs> paints. Uh, yeah." If I had any talent for that whatsoever, I would be exactly the same. Uh, let's see. Someone in the chat says, I don't like Army Painter's pigment. That's kind of why I stopped using Army Painter, but it is a good first tier kind of paint if you're looking to get into and you look at Citadel Games Workshop stuff and be like, that's ridiculous. Well, for $2 less, you can... <laughs> that $2 adds up over time. That's like, yeah. that's like one one hundredth of a Games Workshop mini. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, uh, I watch a lot of TikToks. We talk about TikToks. And one thing I've seen is how easy it is to pick locks. <laughs> like you just see people doing it real fast. Uh, so I decided to super protect my stuff by putting a whole bunch of locks together. Uh, do you think people will be able to break my lock chain? <laughs> so again, this is a lot of this is old news. A lot of everybody's talked about this, but Kickstarter's doing the whole blockchain thing, or at least they say they are. Everybody's like, how are you going to be doing that? And Kickstarter's like, I don't know. And whatever way gets you to gives us money. So uh, I guess instead of paying taxes in Europe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. That uh, there's been so Jeff Engelstein mentioned that when it when this first came out, but there was also he went back on it because he had gotten some info from people emailing him saying, well, those rules don't technically apply to kicks. So they're, I'm not saying that they aren't uh, some capitalist co comp companies trying to get out of paying taxes. What? So yeah, that'd be crazy. What? But basically Kickstarter came out and was like, hey, we're going to do this blockchain thing in the background. It's not going to affect any of y'all. Don't worry about it. We're going to do it. And everybody's like, then why are you doing it? And they're like, Cause reasons. And then they're like, no, for sure. Why, why are you doing this? This is horrible. And they're like, cause for reasons. And by the way, we're using this carbon neutral company. So it's all good. No environmental impact, but it's not. I believe it. <laughs> Hard time buying it. Yeah. Hard time spending money on it. No, what's fun. Okay. So this, th this, I have to get into nitty gritty here for a second. So, uh, First of all, the, the, the Illuma is in chat. No such thing as carbon neutral. The way, so for anyone that hears carbon neutral, just to note, a lot of these companies are paying other companies to plant trees for them. And the idea being is that eventually those trees will offset the carbon emissions that we're producing, except for it's going to take a couple years for those trees to grow. <laughs> you can't just instantly, boom, make trees. And also, they're like, oh, um, I, I won't get into the nitty gritty because I don't know it, but basically the, the, the blockchain they're using is like Clio and it does something different to where it's not as computational prohibitive, but you have to buy in. To, it, it does it based on um, 
identity, like proof of identity kind of thing, like you are who you say you are kind of thing. But to be a person, you have to buy it with like Ethereum and Ethereum is not carbon neutral. So it's like you just negated your own point. Yeah, I don't know about any of that, Chief. Somebody will will correct me. But I don't know about that. I just it was something that I had thought about that I hadn't heard a lot of people talk about. So I want to bring it up. Absolutely. Yeah. Fundamentally, I think this was just they wanted to put out a PR press thing with some buzzwords to get money, like venture capitalist VC money. That's literally what that said. Everything they've said and how they're being nonspecific just reads like as someone who's watched Silicon Valley, like, oh, this <laughs> just reads as somebody trying to get some of that those rich people monies. Their wave whatever. So anyways, on to other information that people have talked about forever. Uh I'm just reading the jokes that I wrote two weeks ago, and I'm like, man, that's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I heard a bunch of rumors about things that happened at my house, like murders, drugs, cults, you name it, it happened. Uh, But this was not the uh, equity I was was wanting. (laughs) Got him! (laughs) Got him! Asmodee got sold. To themselves. No. To the <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. N- not quite. Hey, Philip, remember THQ Nordic? Uh, am I supposed to? Well, they've. Oh they've wait, been... THQ Nordic. Didn't they make a couple video games? They've made a bunch of video games. Okay. But yes. So yeah, Asmodee was sold to Embracer Group, which is headquarters in Sweden. And at first, everyone's like, Embracer Group. Who the heck is that? But apparently, they own a lot of crap, like uh, THQ Nordic, uh, whatever Coffee Stain AB is. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Saber Interactive, Deca Games, up. Gearbox uh, Entertainment, and Easy Brain, which was weird because I have a Sudoku app on my phone and I launched it and it said Easy Brain. I'm like, huh, my Sudoku app owns my own, owns my favorite board game company now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Coffee Stain. They do Deep Rock Galactic. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's a solid game. That yeah. And so it was really weird. Um, so they were owned by a private equity group. That's where the equity joke came from. Um, and now called Pi Interactive, PAI Partners. And now they're owned by the, by this Embracer group. And I heard some people like, uh, the end is nigh that you always hear every time something with Asmodee comes up. But I really think this is a good thing because the past two owners of Asmodee have both been private equity groups, which granted, we're all under the assumption that the primary purpose of a company is to make money. yes. But with a private equity group, their only purpose is to make money. Like, literally, they just buy up companies, do whatever they can to make them more valuable, and sell them off. Like, that's all they do. Whereas this is a group that actually makes games, like, in different genres. So it kind of makes sense to get if, you know... What, don't start a board game company if you've got the money just buy one and then you can get your foot in the market also like a day after this press release came out there was another press release came out that um uh what's the, oh yes uh another press report that uh, dark horse comics was also bought by embracer group as well which gets the gears in my brain going this is a company trying to take their properties and go across, you know, they're, they're trying to cross genre, cross yeah. genre stuff. Cause you know, by buying Asmodee, not only do you have access to a bunch of, uh, you know, board game properties, but you're also buying a lot of IPs, you know, th- we've got yep. pandemic, we've got Catan now, uh, because Asmodee has got Catan. Now you got all the FFG stuff. So like Arkham 
uh, Keyforge, all of that. And then now you've got people that make video games as well, which Fantasy Flight tried to do and was terrible at it. Uh, <laughs> but you've also got a comic book company. So it's like, hey, we could get like Arkham Horror comic books or, you know, like uh, Catan comic book. I mean, I'd, I'd, read a, I'd read a Catan comic just to see. I'd be curious. Yeah, just to see if there's someone in the there? background going, uh, what was it? Sheep for wheat? Sheep for wheat? <laughs> yep. Wood for sheep. That's what it's Wood called. For Wood sheep. for sheep. <laughs> Wood for sheep. I feel like at this point, Asmodee is an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't even say that phrase. Then the NFT will show up and yeah. we'll have to throw crypto kitties at it. So it goes <laughs> I loved, there was a, uh, I, I need a, there was a, banner at pax unplugged that was like stand here if you never want someone to explain nfts to you ever <laughs> yep they yep. actually auctioned that off i think nice <laughs> uh, give us netrunner you're cowards give us netrunner you cowards absolutely <laughs> i mean i know plenty of people that are all for it which there was that whole uh nisai group at pax unplugged jumping ahead a little bit which that just boggles my mind that there was a booth there for a company that's nonprofit making expansions to Netrunner after the fact, that just seems crazy. It's amazing. Given and it speaks to the intensity of the fan base. Yeah. Yeah, everyone loves that game. Well, it just kind of goes to show when people are like, oh, what if this is not supported anymore? Then it's like, if the game is good, somebody will continue it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Nisei, it, that is all community run. I even know people that help out on some of the card stuff. So that was just weird seeing them at a booth considering how much booths cost. You know, that's kind of the bigger asterisk on there. Uh, and then last last news piece, uh, and it also is Asmodee-based. Um, I decided to make a bunch of terrain pieces for Warhammer that look like real stores and then sell them online. Or at least I was until I got a cease and desist. That's what I get for calling them miniature markets. Oh. I warned you. Who this man? <laughs> so... <laughs> The weird part about this next news is that it apparently happened like months ago. So apparently back in like July, Asmodee bought Miniature Market, one of the biggest online sellers. But how it got announced is in the slideshow that Embracer Group and Asmodee put together when they announced their, their buying, it was noted on there, Miniature Market was a part of the Asmodee Group. And so everybody was like, wait, what? <laughs> Which, oh, by the way. Yeah, which, to be fair, I kind of understand Asmodee's position on why they didn't tell anybody, because then a whole bunch of people are like, I'm never buying from Miniature Market ever again, because everybody's like, the, 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 how dare you have vertical integration, I think is what it's called, where you own like every aspect up there, Yep. aka the Apple playbook. So it's not like I this mean, is weird. I mean, big Asmodee has been doing that for a long time. Yeah. This is just the next thing. Yeah. It, it's what they got to do to stay competitive. They're already a dis they became a distributor. They became, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because you're just adding those resources to, you know, you get to take the miniature market website and, and infrastructure and then add it to your distribution chain a little bit. Everybody's like the end is nigh, but it's just like, no, they mostly keep their hands off of stuff, thankfully. They let games be what they're supposed to be. Right. Yeah, it, it it's only weird if the only argument I hate is what people are like, this is gonna kill board game or like uh local board game stores. And I'm like, 
local board game stores have been struggling for like years now, FYI. And uh, this one thing is not going <laughs> to... Amazon is probably more to do with the fall down of, of, of local board game stores than Asthma Day. And just the economy at large, but yeah, let's not get know, into that. I was, I was speaking from a pre-COVID standpoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, and that's the news, pretty much. So... Uh, Philip, I know you're, I know you're, uh, chomping at the bit here. Uh, while we went to, to Philly, uh, you had your own sort of vacation, a, a mancation, if you I will. did. We did mancation, uh, 2021. Uh, we went to Wintergreen Resort in Rosedale, Virginia. Um, uh, the house was amazing. The Airbnb we stayed at, uh, we could have easily shoved like 25, 30 people in there. <laughs> um, there were only 10 of us. So everybody had a bed. Nice. Yeah. It's always as someone that's crammed people into a things. hotel room, having a bed is definitely not always a given. <laughs> yes. Um first night I uh retaught everyone how to play Munchkin. Um and I, it was I great. saw the picture of that and I was like, Okay, this is yes. gonna come up on the show. Wait, it which was. version? Yeah, which uh, flavor? Just the, the deluxe that I have. Okay. With the board and the minis. Yeah. You didn't um, break out the munchkin conan? I still haven't picked that up just to pull the uh, birthright card out of there. I thought I gave you Munchkin Conan. You might have. It's probably in a box. Yeah, I thought I gave that to you. Yeah. All I'm going to do is pull the, the birthright card out of there and <laughs> shove it in the deluxe deck. For those that don't know, it's basically time. a card that's like you get to cheat and do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's because well, you're a barbarian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How, yeah, we had a good the time. game Lots go? Of, did it take forever? Uh, at, at it it did. Uh, well, no, we played for about two hours ish, maybe. Oh, that's an eternity uh, <laughs> in Munchkin Land. <laughs> it was great. Um, we did have a lot of. I, I did have to sort of um, be the countdown timer, um, and I'm like, okay, yes, everyone, yeah, we got two guys at level nine. Um, he's about to fight a monster. He's about to win. He's about to win. And then everybody threw their cards at that guy, so then the yes. second guy won because nobody had Always. any cards. Like, Always. That's, uh, that's the way Munchkin, Munchkin goes. <laughs> Munchkin, king of kingmakers. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we have uh, a good friend who we loves Munchkin. We used to play it with him all the time. And he used to get really mad at me if I ever had to choose between letting Jess win and letting him win. He's like, but if you don't stop her, she'll win. And I'm like, well, first of all, if I stop her, you'll win. Yeah, He's exactly. Like, yeah, but that's next turn. It's like, all right. <laughs> I'm not going to draw cards between now and then. <laughs> also, I know where you sleep. You're, you're frequently there. It's that's, terrifying. Hey, that's always the, that's more of a threat than some people realize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you get conked out when you sleep, you know, somebody could just like put the pillow and you wouldn't even know. Uh, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of com complexities yeah. to this arrangement. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then um, I think uh, the next morning Azul was being played Ooh. by a couple people. Um, I didn't really pay attention. I was I was groggy. I needed a shower and food, the, but the, I saw it out on the table. The Starburst game. Uh -huh. <laughs> you can <laughs> play then, it basically uh, with Starburst. <laughs> and then Exploding Kittens was being played that night. That's a game that, like, you talk to a lot of board gamers, and and oh, let me actually get it off the the news. A lot of board gamers poo poo that game, but that game is awesome. Floating <laughs> kittens. Oh yeah, it was. People were having. I mean, it's blast. basically Russian roulette, but yeah, you have yeah. to take it as seriously as <laughs> Russian roulette, basically. <laughs> but I I love the artwork and the jokes, you know. So, but yeah, that was our our board gaming on vacation. Sounds like fun. 
actually one more game than I thought there was going to be <laughs> or two more games. I two thought it games? was, yeah. I thought this was going to be limited to just t- munchkin and that was it. So I'm, I am oh, no, impressed, no. properly impressed. Also a lot of the Airbnbs we've been going to, there's a closet of board games. I have been noticing that I've been seeing that on like, we're, we're planning out something. Philip, did you know that Chloe's going to be 18 years old in a couple okay, of weeks? Um, you, sir, children, cover your ears. You, sir, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I've known I have, that child I almost, since she was like a knee-high child. Yeah, I... That's got to stop. Yeah, my stepdaughter is almost going to be an adult. That is weird. That's um, a scary time. So we're planning, we're, we're planning getaways. And if you look in the Airbnb listings, there's a lot of them that have board games. And some of them are like like Catan and Ticket to Ride is very common to see. Like obviously there's like Monopoly and but someone's like That's I That's exciting. That's great. Loomis says I would never leave my board games in, in B and B. I wouldn't leave my copies that I play, but I would to- if I owned an Airbnb, I would totally buy like an extra copy of like Catan and Ticket to Ride and throw it in there. Yeah. I don't care if the pieces go missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice. It gives people an option for when they have got nothing to do, and it's a little added bonus feature. Yeah, and some of them might be this game is weird, and then you've you've got them hooked on games now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So how was uh how was y'all's holidays, uh, Andrew and Jess? Uh, we had a pretty good uh, pretty good extended holiday week. Um, we did. Uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve with my family because um, they're local and they're close. Um, and uh, we don't have any more kids in the family. Everybody's everybody's mostly an adult. So it kind of changes the vibe of a family get together than it used to be when my little cousins would, uh, you know, spend their spend their whole morning just frantically unboxing things. And we had to just wait. Oh, wait, no, they did that this year, Yeah, too. they still do that. <laughs> it's exa- they're in their 30s. It's exactly the same. Um, but uh, but we got to play some games with the family, which uh, which is nice. Um, what did we play, Jess? We... Uh, Trial by Trolley, I think it's called. Oh, yep. yeah. oh I've seen the that Cyanide one. Cyanide and Happiness game? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and if you've never played it, the principle behind Trial by Trolley is really great. Um, basically, one person is the decider, and they're deciding which track the trolley goes down and whichever track the trolley goes down it kills and destroys everything on that track and so there are innocent cards that get added to each track and then you can play guilty people cards on your opponent's track and uh and then there's some like uh modifier cards yeah it's great you'll have like oh these innocent children playing with a puppy and then you know stalin and a modifier of like and just kicked a puppy. <laughs> and, and then, or, or like the track will have like every kid who bullied you in, in high school, yeah. but also a time machine for you or oh. something like that. And, uh, and then the teams that build the, the scenarios, they just fast talk as hard as possible. And then, uh, and then decider picks who to kill. <laughs> and that's, that's the game. <laughs> Philip, what I'm hearing is a, a great new party game that we could be playing in the third segments of our shows. <laughs> Yes, oh, yeah. yes, we can. <laughs> it's great when I don't have to come up with the game show. <laughs> but yeah, we do super fight. Super, yeah, yeah. So that would That's be a, that would be a good one. Well, we've we've done that before. That would, like I said, we've been doing this a while. <laughs> we do a lot of games with the, We we do a lot of games with holidays actually because um, his cousin, who is an adult now, um, she does uh, 
it's a OT, occupational yes. therapy for kids. Mm. And so she uses a lot of board games with her kids. And so every year we try to find something cute for them to play with. Do the research for her, basically. Exactly. <laughs> Give her a lot of hobby games. Nice. Hobby games for sure. Um, but like she can gamify basically anything. She uses like Slam Witch and things like that. Uh, just anything that's like dexterity or pattern making oh, or yeah. stuff like that. Game right's good for that too. Yeah, solid. Oh man, yeah. I I play. I, I didn't play as much with my family this year, other than I did get in at least one game of Marvel Champions again with my dad. Uh, I gotta try that. What? That's that's where that clip came from. Is I mentioned I mentioned playing games remotely with my dad and he uh, with my mom and I mentioned Marvel Champions as one of them and he heard me say it from the background and started yelling and yelled that out. <laughs> <laughs> Cause and cause I I showed it to him back back when we could uh, go down and visit back in 2019 and he loved it so now he's like I was like what do you want me to bring and I'm like bring that Avengers game <laughs> okay as <Perfect>. I lug <laughs> like <laughs> my massive chest of it now <laughs> I wish I have such a hard time getting my mom into games she'll play anything that has like cute animals and very little rules but other than that she's like no what? Arcadia Quest. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> But the thing with the thing with my mother-in-law is that she's good. She's oh, just yeah. intimidated. That's all. That's where co-ops come in. Yeah, those are good for her. I have to do that sometimes with my dad because he's super competitive. So like, there's a running joke that I will teach him a game and immediately lose because he will find a way to beat me at it. So you're just protecting the family relationship with the co-op uh, games. Uh, yes. Uh, that and I also have realized that I have to be very selective and re I have to get him and teach him games that I like because I made the mistake the first time of like, oh, Memoir 44. That's a great game for him because he loves like historical videos and stuff about World War Two and stuff. And I was right. He loves the game. I hate the game. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, let's play that game. And I'm like, no. <laughs> It's and like when someone buys your kid a toy that makes noise. Yeah. It's like, they're not doing you any favors. <laughs> so it's like, I hate it because I'm the only person that'll play the game with him or that can't, no one else will play the game with them, including me, <laughs> but he loves it. So sometimes he tries to sucker me and I'm like, oh, I guess maybe uh, somebody mentioned Arkham Horror. That's a little much like <laughs> Arkham champions sometimes can get a little much for him or Marvel champions can get a little much for him sometimes like, sorry, Chris, did you just make a new game? I did. Apparently. I Ooh. mean, I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> Arkham champions. Let's uh... come on. Uh, Embracer group. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would just be Arkham horror. The LCG though. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah basically. Oh, man. Uh, I have one story before we go into, I have to tell this story, especially Philip, you know, my father-in-law. So you've got the perfect visual in this. So okay. my, uh, actually, I have to get a visual aid. So stand by. What could it be? I have no okay. idea. All right, I'm back. So uh, on my list this year, because I, I, we, we learned uh, you, you just make a stuff on Amazon and then send them the link like here. There you go. And because we've done to the point where it's like we're, we're done buying gifts for everybody. So we just do a secret Santa where um, everybody in our my immediate mom, my uh, wife's side of the family, put all our names in a hat. Who do we get out? We set like a hundred dollar limit. So you actually get like good gifts, not just like some trash stuff. 
Uh, and one of the things on my list was uh, Aeronautica Imperialis, which is basically X-Wing in the Warhammer 40K universe. Like, literally. No. Liter- right. Literally, it looks like, except for it has hex bases instead of square. Other than that, it looks like X-Wing, very, or at least very similar. Um, that so gr- this that was, green one looks like a Viper. It Actually, yes, it does look like a Viper. It is very much like a Viper. <laughs> I would not be surprised if that was where the inspiration came from. Uh, So I had this on my list, uh, mainly as like a throwaway. It was kind of like, I'm interested. I just don't want to buy it Um, because I had heard some other people in our local group were getting it. Um, So, but I open, so I open this up and then my father-in-law turns out he was the one that got me after a lot of the other people left. It was just like me helping clean up. He was very excited to tell me how he got this game because apparently he couldn't get it. Uh, couldn't get it on Amazon for two reasons. One, it was out of stock. And two, he doesn't know how to work Amazon. <laughs> like anytime he orders something on Amazon, it's always him talking to my wife or her sister and getting them to buy it. Like we do that all the time. Anytime they need something, just buy it and then, you know, send it. Um, so then, uh, so afterwards, he's just like, I want you to know. He ended up having to call some random game store in Kansas City. Like, I don't know. I, he must have just Google searched the game, and then that would just happen to be for Whoa. sale on their site. Google uh, found that site, called them on the phone, <laughs> this random place in K- Kansas City. Uh, and then, uh, did you just try and Amazing. call me, Philip? I could text messages. Oh, hold on. One second. Interrupting. Please stand by. Please stand by. <laughs> you say that. <laughs> oh, that uh, that's what you could have just said that. Well, I thought your watch was going to go off and like you'd look at it. <laughs> I did, it but quick. I see a phone call. Oh, all right. We <laughs> all right. We're back, everybody. The, Sorry. The bo- you can see my shiny hit, six head. The box hit the, 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 the keypad. So that's it changed. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Things change. Yeah. Things happen. Embrace that. <laughs> Embracer group. Embracer group. We're doing Embracer. it live. <laughs> this is what happens. Crap. <laughs> That's going to be my new thing now. It's just Embracer Group for any time something like... Imp- <laughs> and we've been a, we've been acquired. It's just that quick. Oh, it, it, it's, it's like Beetlejuice. You say it three times and they come to buy you out. Yeah. I wish if that was the... <laughs> I'd take that money. <laughs> so he's it, not only is he telling me this, he's, he's Googling the or looking through his email and Googling to try and find the store on his phone to show me and then... Uh, the, the where he bought this game because he had to call them up and be like, do you deliver to Maryland and this and that? And I'm just, I've never seen him more excited to explain to me. <laughs> just like, and then at the very end, he's just like, I did it all by myself. I didn't need any help. And I was actually <laughs> genuinely impressed. That's great. <laughs> That's dedication. Yeah. And like, yeah, my, my, um, my wife is like, you don't know how big of a deal is like, no, I get it. I know what, I know what his computer skills are. <laughs> It's like my mom figuring out gifts. Yeah. Oh, that's been <laughs> that's been absolutely. She's been posting amazing. new memes and gifts every day on Facebook for like two months now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. So so moving on to to the meat here. Uh, w- the three of us. So so seventy five percent of us. While Philip was off playing Munchkin, uh, we went to Philly to Pax Unplugged. Um, and if you want a yep. very detailed look of what I did, there's a stream on the channel that you can go look where I went through a photo slideshow, basically, which I had to pull up all the photos I took to remember what happened. <laughs> at yeah. It's a lot. Uh, so yeah, all of us, all of us were there. Um, 
So I just wanted to kind of hit some of the, the highlights for us. Um, I will say to start off, because it is one of the things we all three of us did in the beginning. One of my highlights was actually learning that Nirvana game. Uh, that that yes. Roland right? Yeah. Uh, yes, that was a blast. And it was just so different and unique. Although when you say that Nirvana game, a, a completely different, right. you know, music-based IP game sprang into <laughs> yeah. my yeah. Uh, so, uh, actually, one of y'all want to explain how this game worked? Sure, sure. I can. I can take a swing at it. So basically, Nirvana is a roll and write game where uh, it is played in two phases. And in the first phase, uh, we are rolling three dice, and you know, one person rolls, and everyone at the table assigns those three numbers to to sets of those triples, and you can see them in that picture. And then once all the sets have been filled in you add the vertical columns to create virtual cards that in the second phase of the game, you then play a ladder climbing slash shedding game with. And the person who empties their hand of virtual cards first is the winner. And just to clarify, in case you didn't know, a ladder climbing game is kind of one of those where everybody goes in around playing cards, but it's everyone's trying to beat the other person's cards. So like if I play a two, you need to play at least a three or better. Or if I play two twos, you need to play at least two threes or or better. And you're yep. just trying to get all the cards out of your hand. As yeah, it's the so first person to empty their hand uh, wins, I believe. Um, that was a blast. Like, what a unique game. That Yeah, that was just kind of a mind boggle because it was like, why has no one else thought of this? And just the fact of like a roll and write that just did something completely different. Yeah, I sort of love that you. it's so hard to plan around, but you, there is a little bit of strategy of where you're putting your numbers. Right, which you don't figure out until you've actually played the game once. Exactly. Because like afterwards, I'm like, oh, oh, I messed up. <laughs> oh, if I had created more sets that add up to the same number then i can play three at a time i can do this i can do that really really cool and in addition to all of that very you know kind of basic rules every time you play you get these three modifier cards that are randomly drawn from a pretty big pile of them and they just do something weird like they'll give everyone an extra 20 or they'll say that you know twos are wild or something like that so or there was had, one of the ones we had like if you played an eight everyone else automatically passed like they were yeah. out yes. of, they were out of the round so uh, you could just play an eight really and be done cool. although my favorite part was me going and finding like 30 of those pens yeah because <laughs> it's like a roll right and we're like oh crap none of us have pencils and it didn't the, i guess the game didn't come with pencils i don't think don't know so the only downside is you can't get this game yet uh, because it is a Korean board. I think it's the company is Korea Board Games or Korean yes. Board Games, KBG. Yes, uh, so it hasn't actually come to America yet. I believe this was like an Essen pickup that that uh, uh, Eric Yurko, Eric did. Yeah. yeah, that he had gotten and showed it off to us. So as of right now, you cannot get this in America, but uh, I think Eric said a lot of their games end up getting picked up by Arcade Wonders. They or? do. And the other thing that's kind of cool is that Korea Board Games just launched a US-facing Amazon storefront. Oh, yeah. So you can order... This isn't on there yet, or else I'd have it already. Right. Um, but you can... you Now they are starting to add... Um, formerly kind of Korea only published games to uh to their Amazon storefront. So that's awesome. Nice. 
Uh, so now I'll, I'll I, so I, that was one of my big hits. So I'll, I'll hand it over to y'all to what y'all thought. Uh, uh, our favorite was uh, what was it? Furnace. Furnace. Oh hey, yeah. I got oh, that too. Oh my god. Uh, so we had somehow not played Furnace uh, pr- prior to this, um, and I hadn't avoided it quite frankly because they were like captains of industry, also a bidding mechanic. Uh, yeah, we're not bidding for a friendly here. And man, what a well-tuned game! And it's an engine-building game about engine building. That's right. <laughs> uh, it is a it is unique in the sense that. It is an it is an auction game where you don't necessarily want to win the auctions you're participating in, and you do not lose resources when you participate in auctions. That I really did like that when it comes to the game. So to to explain, like you've got the roll of ro- like all these cards come out and you're bidding on them, and if you can see the picture in here, like you have discs that are labeled one, two, three, four, and basically if a number gets put on a card, no other number of that size or color basically so you can't bid on a card twice um can be on there so if you throw down a four you're getting that card but the best part is is you get the benefit if you win the card you get the benefit of putting it in your engine but there's this little thing at the top that's everybody else that bid on that card they get that resource or 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 thing multiplied by the number that they put on the card so if you want, if you lost with a three, you're getting that thing three times. And there are so many times when you want the resource, not oh, yes. necessarily the card. Right. And so the cleverness of the auction is I want this card will give me iron. I want three iron. So I want to put my three on this card. But unless somebody puts a four down, right. I'm, not, I'm not getting the iron. Right. I'm getting the card. It's really interesting. I also really love, like you said, you're not losing anything by bidding. You have to bid every single one of your chips. And so you're not losing money. Money is just victory points. Right. You know, because capitalism. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, exactly. You, it, It's a different kind of value judgment when you're doing this auction. Um, and I just, we just loved it. We thought it was just so, so clever. It was buttery smooth. And it tight was, and short. It did play really fast and really, really good. It's not, it wasn't my type of game. I did, it, but the people I was with, so like uh, Philip, Corey, and Jimmy were, were, uh, went with us, yeah. and uh, they loved this game and played it like multiple times. Um, it's one of those that like, I'd play it. Like if somebody's like, I want to play this game, I'm like, cool, that's fine. I'd play it, but I'm not going to be the person pulling it off the shelf going, let's play this game. What I wonder, and this is a constant because Jess and I are a gaming pair, I constantly wonder about a game's two-player mode. Right. And I didn't get a chance to look at the rules because I didn't get a chance to pick it up because it was totally sold out. Um, (laughs) I didn't get a chance to look at the rules to see whether it had absolutely nonsense two-player rules or if it was you know if it would be if it would behave so i have i have a question because uh this was something that i hadn't um even we we had talked about it but did y'all have a chance to play thunder road vendetta from restoration while you were there no we didn't oh you're missing out and by the way philip this game is totally us like i so we had uh rob davio from restoration on to talk about uh to talk about the game 
And oh, okay. That's why it sounds 100% familiar. I'm like, well, it was the one you backed, mean? and then they they dropped. <laughs> and then they canceled <laughs> they the canceled. Yeah, so yeah. The, pro- the problem ended up being that they hadn't shown this off to anybody before they had the Kickstarter, because there had been no cons or anything. And they had just, literally, the prototype had just arrived, like, a couple weeks before the con. So, um, this game is basically Mad Max, the board game, kind of, in, in a car racing sense. Um, but this game is just Chaos Incarnate. So uh, everybody's got two cards or two cars um, and you roll dice and you advance the car. But each car has special abilities. Like, for instance, all the ca- all the cars can shoot the cars in front of them. If you So you'll roll and try and see if you hit. Uh, but also there's things like you can... Uh, wrong way. Yeah, like there is airstrikes you can call in. Like there's a little uh, helicopter <laughs> mini that comes in and then shoots... Uh, but the other cool part is when you hit a car. So the way these cars are designed is they're designed so that you can stack them or at least one on top of the other. So, so like if a car gets into the same space as another car, you put that car on top and then there's a, there's a die that you roll that says top or bottom on it basically. And, uh, what happens and there's another die that has a direction. And so you roll the two of those and it basically tells you whether the top car or the bottom car is moving and which direction it's moving in. But in, if that car hits another car, you do it again. So there's this oh. chance for like all sorts of like chaos, <laughs> especially if everybody's in like a mass jumble. You almost want to hit somebody just because it's just going to like create a whole bunch of chaos. Because if somebody gets flung off the board, they're gone. Uh, and then people can get flung into traps. And it, it's, it's not a game you're just going to play for like the strategy. It's just one that you're going to plop down in front of a family and like this is just random fun. And we love that. Yeah. Like Oh yeah. I mean, I I I like a strategy game, but I also like Fireball Island, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh I I got to say like Jess and I are I mean, we are restoration games fans like yeah. we we enjoy so many of the games they've you know brought into the into the market these days and whatever um i am completely unsurprised that this is going to be just a chaotic awesome good time so uh is there you got any other big one other game so we've talked about the con as a whole any other big shout outs from the con but we did get to try restoration's other game that was there uh buried treasure which was a lot of fun yeah (laughs) oh i didn't see that one actually i I saw that they had some of the other ones like uh, Key to the Kingdom and they had the Dark Tower one. I don't I didn't see Buried Treasure. Well, so so it's interesting cuz Dark Tower is this like, you know, really like big super produced uh r- deep adventure game that's driven by an app and has lore and and if you can imagine the polar opposite of that. <laughs> yes. Jess, how would you describe Buried Treasure? It's a delightful little game about stealing pies from each other. Everyone's a raccoon. You're trying to get sets of different flavors of pie. And if I remember correctly, um, there are these stacks. And you can take one pie from a stack to put into your own. And sometimes they'll chain together, so you'll grab some extra pies. Or maybe you'll get a card that lets you steal a pie from another player. All around, it was fun, and it, it is fun. And the strategy, and and there's like more than none, is is the fact that, um, uh, is the fact that we're essentially when you take a card, you're uncovering the next card in that column, and so you have to be considerate of like what 
are you giving the next player access to? Do they want that card for their set? Is that a card you want? And so what starts out and ends up as this incredibly goofy game about uh, pie-hungry raccoons uh, has the tiniest bit of game release strategy. I, I just really <laughs> appreciated that. Yeah, it's one of those games that's like perfect for any like families or game nights sort of thing. And I gotta say, just the uh, as far as shoutouts for the con, it was just there was a con, and it, yes. and that was exciting in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I it was weird. Like the whole time felt kind of weird, and it took me a while to figure out what it was. And I realized later it felt like this is going to sound weird. It felt like being in a coma for two years where like everyone's like you, you were you've you've been gone, but the industry and everybody else still like time progressed. So like you're seeing people, but they look different because like, you know, people, Absolutely. you know, people have gained lost weight, that facial hair, etc. cetera, uh, you know, and then there'd be like also there's new, there's a whole ton of new people because, you know, with the with with the lockdowns and stuff, so many more people have gotten into content creating. So there's a whole new wave of like new creators there that you, you may not have hung out or uh, sat with before. So that that was just kind of like my overall feeling like day one. It was just kind of like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just plus one to everything you just said, especially the 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 new content creators who are doing the hustle and grind and, <laughs> the, and the people who've been there in the industry for a couple of years we're just so mind blown and tired it's just like oh man look at them go ah <laughs> oh, they're awesome look at look at it god i need to go sit down in a quiet oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah it's amazing was, there watching was, them rush the lines some of and everything yeah nah. like this was definitely one of like normally i am one of those people because like usually for me to be able to go to philly for packs because it's so close to Christmas, I need to like work for a booth somewhere to be able to go. But this year I was able to swing it. So I didn't have to, to work for someone. So I was like, I'm just gonna play games because I haven't done a whole lot of that. <laughs> and it was just exciting to, as you say, sort of see that the world kept going. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of feeling naked because I was in a room with more people than I've seen in two years and, right. you know, masks on the whole time. Sure. And everybody's vaccinated, but this still, it's like, have we misjudged the cost benefit, you know, roll of the dice here. But at the same time, there are people who we only ever see at right. these conventions. And so it was just great to see them, you know, and to, and to reconnect to the world again. Oh, it was so nice to catch up and, you know, we got to meet so many new people that I've been talking to on, you know, Twitter and stuff for years, and we've just never had a chance to meet. And this was like the big convention where right. everyone's like, all right, we're going to go. Present company included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, and then it also just goes to the fact that PAX has just run so well. Like, it's so weird that nobody else in the, like, the board game sphere, because a lot of those conventions have been going on for years, and relatively, PAX is only like... 15 maybe years old tops and that's PAX's as a whole PAX Unplugged this is only like their fourth year I think doing it yeah but like especially having worked for a booth and being there like the enforcers the way they have they train those enforcers is amazing like yeah they could not run that convention without the enforcers no those people so, are just dedicated to help like whatever and and the attitude and the energy is so good yes um, we were, we had, I'd stepped, we'd, I'd, I'd 
gotten a cookie from the cookie brigade and I went into a corner and we were waiting for something and I opened the cookie and I took a piece of it and I pulled my mask aside and without any thought, I just put it in my mouth and an enforcer materialized next to me. And he said, Hey, if you're going to munch, I'm going to need you to go to one of our designated munching areas. And I was just like, this first of all thank you for calling me out totally unconscious mistake on my part uh that was dumb of me but second of all what a wonderful energy and <laughs> attitude and yeah. like it, it made it so easy to want to comply you know it's just like it's great yeah and the, i did appreciate- i would have thought third where the hell did you come from <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you dude he just came into existence next to us like the yeah. instant the cookie went to my mouth yeah transporters <laughs> are real and packed <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, we found a great spot to play games because it happened to be right near the Ben and Jerry's booth. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. So there was definitely a couple of trips to the Ben and Jerry's booth. And there was one time where I'd left my mask, like I had eaten the ice cream and I left my mask off for a little while. And again, same thing. Someone came by. I'm like, hey, can you put your mask? I was like, oh, crap. I totally forgot. And like put it back on. And it was just, it was great to see that kind of enforcement because a lot yes. of places will be like mass required, but we're not really going to enforce it. Other than, but we like, don't even think about it. Yeah. Right. Once the door, once you're in the front doors. Now I, understanding that this risk was a luxury in and of itself, I felt safer than I imagined I would. And I mean, those, those concerns were the only reason why I went to pack. Like I didn't go to Gen Con for for this. Um, Having said all of that, there are some pretty obvious places that I feel like PAX always drops the ball on. (laughs) One of those is communication about where the actual freaking entrances are. Oh, my God. Oh, Every yes. year, this is a problem, and this year, it seemed to be a bigger one. We be- got lost for, like, a half hour, at least, trying to get inside. Like, so one thing, so, Philip, do you remember in PAX East, where, because we didn't really do it for the PAX you we went to, PAX East, yeah. where you had the queue line that you got into to make sure that, that we weren't all rushing the doors? Uh-huh. This year, for PAX U, the queue line was downtown philly everybody walking around trying to find where the entrance was <laughs> it, was, it was like that it was like that the year i went because we found uh, that's that's what this is always an issue <laughs> according to the website and according to every map we could find that people threw away like we passed by seven entrances right but no <laughs> those weren't those weren't today at eleven thirty one a.m's entrance and, uh, and on the I, other hand, it was very effective crowd control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it, it ended make up it, being like game, two randomly entrances. open the entrances yeah. and then people, you know, they get in nice and slow. It it, it 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 made me mad because I had based where I had stayed and where like my friends had stayed on where the entrances had been the year before. So there was that uh was it Art Art Street? That one side Art Street, yeah. The, yeah. the one side um that's the basically the the far end of the convention center where they open play stuff. That was one of the big entrances last time that we went. So I found a couple of hotels and Airbnbs like right there or like a block or two away. Those entrances were not open this year. <laughs> In fact, it was like on the other side of the convention. So it was I was like, man, you're throwing my planning off here. But yeah, it, this is always a problem. And Every year, they'll, they'll even send out an email, but like it'll be an email like a minute before the convention opens to where you're like, that would have been helpful to know like two days ago. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I noticed is they 
PAX always does great at spacing out their booths. That was another thing, reason why I went, is there's always a lot of space near the booths. It's not like Gen Con where it's everybody like, water like this, except this year it was in the very far end of the convention. The, the, the stuff that's usually like the more independent people, that was like your traditional space out. And it was just like, that also happened to be where the main entrance to get into the hall was. So it's just like everybody walking like this to get into the hall. And then you get past those first three lines and then it's just wide open. And like, what, what is going on here? And what, what killed us worse was from the press lounge where we were, where, where we camped because you could either get on the lines and get in at 10 or you could camp uh, for the lines to run out and get in at 10.05. Right. Um, it was very clear that they were using half the convention space. It wasn't half, but there were still two whole halls not being used and just empty. And what it's just I heard like, was that was for the loading and unloading. Yes. That's where they brought in the cars. Which, uh, which from the people we talked to, yeah, you're totally right, Jess, because from the people we talked to, that made setup and teardown much, much faster this year, uh, which is great. They, they still could have added two feet to the width of those first couple of rows. They could have used like half that. Step. They could have used half or even a quarter of that space, and it would have just given that room to breathe. Yeah. Which is, it was not, it not was just, that they were encouraging anybody to breathe. Yeah. Breathing was a problem there, but yeah. Uh, it was, it was just a weird dy- uh, dichotomy because, like, usually if you go to a convention like Gen Con, it's super slammed up near the popular peep, uh, popular booths. And then if you want to actually breathe, you go to like the indie side and it's nobody's over, not as many people are over there, but it was like the flip with this one. Cause they were so packed together. That just happened to be one of the main entrances. Yeah. It was also just weird. How many people weren't there? Yep. Like there were, Asmodee was, Asmodee wasn't there, but that was kind of, kind of figured because you know, they weren't at Gen Con either. But like Renegade wasn't there. I, I was kind of expecting Renegade to have been there, but they weren't there. Um, trying to think, there was a a, bu- a couple of other like I don't think was Ravensburger there. No, they weren't. I don't. Yeah, I didn't think I saw them either. They're, and off the top of my head, I can't remember who else. But I just remember thinking, I was like, oh, there's this distinct lack of publishers that I recognize here. Yeah, some publishers decided to back out to protect their employees. Right, and nothing against that. It was just a weird, you know, going to a con without those kind of names. Yeah, some of the absences were were very noticeable. Um, on the other hand, uh, it was cool to see. It was cool to see who did show up. You know, yeah. it was it was cool to see some of the some of the players that were there. But uh, like you say, Jess, I deeply respect the decision to like spare uh, the the risk, uh, even though the risk was, in my opinion, fairly mitigated. It was interesting too because. It happened at a time when um, kids still weren't being vaccinated yet. And so the normal family day on Sunday was actually very quiet. Saturday, though, was was slammed. Other big change as opposed to this year? You saw a lot more jigsaw puzzles than you would have two years ago. (laughs) It was amazing. And it was funny because I talked to... uh, I talked to one of the publishers. They're like, yeah, people, I mean, uh, of course people want them. And from a publisher, it's super simple to make because you already have the artwork. You just kind of, you know, you click cut it, up, cut print. it to pieces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not like they're having to to make anything new. They just kind of send the picture off to a, a place and then it's ba- it's made. So that was just a neat, neat little thing. Any other big notes before we move on? Uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, I think those were kind of the, the some of the highlights 
Um, that, yeah, I already went over the whole relief of being outside and seeing people. <laughs> so that was the big one. Yeah, that was kind of like I I even the only reason that one of the big reasons actually what we go is like if I don't let you go, you're going to murder me. And I'm like, yes, because I need this for my mental health because <laughs> I'm a very social person. Damn, so is Andrew. Oof. All right. So, uh, Philip, you want to talk about Patreon while I get the stuff for the game show set up? I can talk about Patreon. So, patreon.com slash boards and swords. Or, I also think Chris set it up to where it's boardsandswords.com slash Patreon. I, I so, did do that after I messed which, that up one time. Whichever way floats, floats your goat to uh, search for us. Uh, you can back us for just $1 a month, and then you get all of the random uh banter and back and forth that we do before and after the show uh you get you obviously you don't have to you don't have to back us to get access to this live stream um but somewhere hidden in there uh i think uh do we still have the backers only uh or did we scrap that we scrapped that that's right sorry guys that's not happening huh nothing (laughs) there is a backers only channel on our slack there is a backers only channel on our slack uh chris asks questions and um, we actually have people respond. It's yeah. great. And some of the feedback we put here on the show. Uh, so you can you can help make this a better show. All right. Philip, Philip did, um, you, did you see The Matrix? Um, uh, bro, did I see The Matrix? Okay. Cause just say that, that we may be talking about that after the show. <laughs> it was so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get to hear us talk about that um, unless you... Uh, you know, skip the upsizing for one McDonald's meal. Yeah, that's it. It's just that's a it. dollar a month. That's uh, it. Fifty cents a show. Fifty cents per show. That seems incredibly and... reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, that, that's our first good review. You heard it right there from Andrew. <laughs> They'll so, buy it at the high price. <laughs> All right. With that, we're gonna finish off the show with the game I like to call. I haven't done it in a while, but board game the news. So I may have ripped this off from another show somewhere. But basically what it is, is in the beginning of the show, I talk about board game specific news. Now I've got six questions here uh, related to other outside of board game news, but I'm going to tie it back into games with some some sort of question. Uh, And you're going to tell me, and it's for the most part, most of it's multiple choice, but all of y'all are playing against each other. The points are made up and and nothing matters. All right. It matters to me. Crap, we've activated her. <laughs> Sorry, I got to keep... So, there are a few that have uh, prices right rules, so I have something. I need something to write down. <laughs> All right, first up, uh, so talking about the new Spider-Man, but uh, no spoilers, but uh, Spider-Man No Way Home swung into theaters. I wrote this two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, with estimates <laughs> putting it the fit, like it broke close to 600 million just from its opening opening weekend um speaking of spider-man the first toby Maguire movie came out in 2002 which also happened to be the year that star wars epic duels came out which would eventually get repurposed as unmatch uh who was the original publisher of star wars epic duels is it a hasbro b milton bradley c wizards of the coast or D, Fantasy Flight Games. So we're going to start with Philip on this one. I am going to go with Milton Bradley. All right, Jess? I actually agree with that one. All right. And Andrew? I'm almost positive it's Milton Bradley. Okay, uh, that is a point for everyone because it was, in fact, Milton Bradley. Woo! That was weird because it was like Milton Bradley was around in 2002? Yeah. I thought they had been <laughs> a, absorbed by Hasbro. Okay. 
next up, the video game Hades, which I have played. I don't think Phillips played. Oh, so it's so good. good. It so is good. so good. Uh, it made history as the first winner in the new video game category for the Hugo Awards, which is typically uh, genre, so science fiction and fantasy writing. But they now have a video game category, and Hades won for the first year. Uh, it's a game where you play as the son of Hades and spend the time trying to escape from the underworld. Speaking of underworld, uh, the game Small World Underground was a standalone expansion to the hit game Small World from Days of Wonder. In what year did this game come out? Uh, your options are 2009, 2010, 2011, or 2012. So I'm going to start with Jess this time. 2010. All right. Andrew? Uh, you might be right, but I'm not going to make any points by following you all the time. <laughs> um, I, I have no clue, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, Say actually, I'm going to say 2012. 2012. Philip, 2009. You're going to go with 11. All right. So I have. We're all wrong, right? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So just to make sure I got this right, so I got Jess at 2010, Andrew at 2012, and Philip at 2011. All right. The actual answer is 2011. So that's a Philip point there. Okay. So the game's rigged. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, he went last. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, General Motors announced that its new electric Hummer is now shipping to customers for the low cost of uh, one hundred and ten thousand dollars. Whoa! <laughs> the car has a three hundred and twenty-nine mile range, and it can even drive diagonally and crab walk. Uh, speaking of EVs, in February twenty twenty, the Kickstarter was run for Kanban EV is a newer, fancier version of Vitel Lacerda's board game about manufacturing cars. So, Price is Right rules for this one. How much money did that Kickstarter raise? Closest without going over. Uh, so, Philip won that one. So, Philip, you're going to go first this time. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. So, the Kickstarter... I will tell you it had a goal of 100000 It had a goal of 100000 It had a goal of 100000 I will give you that hint. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, six hundred and fifty thousand. All right, Jess. Let's go with a million. One million. All right, and Andrew. Uh, so tempted to just say one dollar. Um, <laughs> I I I think that you might have overshot with six though. Um, so I'm gonna say four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. Well, Andrew, you were you were on the right ball, and Philip, you were almost there. It was actually six hundred thousand one hundred and seventy-six dollars. Oh, wow! So just over that, so six hundred would have actually been just enough. Six hundred thousand, yeah. So six hundred six hundred thousand one hundred seventy-six dollars. All right, Yikes. Uh, all right. Question number four. The <laughs> this one was one of those like I didn't even know this was a thing, and this was great to find out. Uh, The Netherlands Authority for Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection revealed findings that quantum pendants that are being sold to avoid the effects of uh, 5G radiation are in fact themselves radioactive. Oh my God. (laughs) And could be dangerous if worn for prolonged periods. The government came out and said, hey, these necklaces that you're wearing to avoid radiation are in fact radioactive. 
gosh. So, so good. Speaking of radiation, it's it's very key in the board game, the Manhattan Project, where players race to be the first nation to create atomic bombs. As of December 19th, when I wrote this question, what is the BGG rating of this worker placement game from 2012? Your options are you have 410, 550, 292, or 365. Uh, so we're going to go with Andrew on this one. Uh, uh, 365. 365. Okay. Uh, Philip, 410, 550, 292, or 365? Or 10. 410. And Crap, I Jess. Think right. I go with the 292. 292. All right. You, should, you shouldn't be doubting yourself, Andrew, because the answer is 365. Never doubted it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Amazon drivers were told that they had to continue delivering packages throughout the Midwest during a bunch of tornado warnings that happened. Uh, and even though one of those tornadoes ripped through an Amazon warehouse and destroyed it. Speaking of things being forced to continue when they should really stop, Hasbro's continue to push more and more themes of its classic Monopoly game. Once again, Ugh. as of uh, December 19th, when you click on the Monopoly brand on Hasbro's website, uh, how many products are listed? This is the closest without oh. going over. Oh, boy. Oh, man. So, Andrew, you get to start. That's the problem with going for, with winning. You get to, you got to yeah. keep going first. Yeah, yeah I'm punished for my for my clairvoyance. Yeah, I got it. Um, how many? All right. Uh, let's. You know what? Three hundred sixty-five has treated me so well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right, Philip. Uh, I'm gonna go with eighty-four. Eighty-four. All right, and Jess. I'll go somewhere in the middle with a uh, hundred and ninety-eight. All right, now Andrew's going to really think that this is rigged because the answer was 85. Whoa. You're joking. No, it's 85. I By the we way, we're going to be over. I don't, I don't cuss a lot on the show, but uh, I do that. I save that for the after show. Only 26 of those were board games. What the f***? Yeah, seriously. Wow. What the shit, man? <laughs> like, if you go to the, where was it? I got I to gotta actually click on the, where is the actual link? Yeah, there was things like socks. And stuff like that. Huh. Sorry. Delay as I put. Oh, now it says that the page can't be found. Dang it. That's what I got. Oh, that's mighty convenient. Yeah. yeah. We can't be talking about it. Uh -huh, well, the yeah. link that I did. Uh -huh. Yeah. But there was like a belt as one of was one of the was one. Who's buying a Monopoly belt? Um, Jess, do you remember the Monopoly branded like drink? That oh, we yeah. Saw it was water. Yes. Yeah. Monopoly branded water. Like what makes I, I don't understand. That's actually amazing. It was so confusing. As I as I'm sitting here trying to see if I could pull it up to okay, here we go. There we go. Yeah. So like it starts off with all the monopoly stuff. Like, okay, yep, totally. This is where I started writing the question. And then you start keep going, and again, you're like, yep, yep. Eye mask? Okay. Belt. <laughs> <laughs> but like also, what about this says monopoly? It says just uh it says a beltology arrow. Nothing about this screams monopoly to me. Amazing. And then, of course, there's a snowboard and skis, and that's not even that's not even all of it. Like there's, well, there's tons more. But that you was just like the snowboarders' money. Yeah, the the belt part was the weirdest thing because it was like, what? Oh, hey, Mike Hargis is in the chat. How's it going? Uh, all right, one more question, and uh, I'm sad to say that the previous questions don't matter because this is a ten point question. Cool, cool. Uh, and then 
So during the Apollo 17 mission in 1972, they took a bunch of uh, moon gas that they had mined and sealed it in a container, knowing that they didn't have that great of access of technology to, to study it. So they sealed it and left it for, you know, 50 years now, almost 50 years later. They're just now unboxing this uh, container of gas because so, we now have the tools to study it. I thought that was super cool. That's amazing, actually. That's smart. It was, they, that's just, for a government organization, that is an unrealistic amount of forethought. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of 1972, the board game Boggle was released that year, where you mix up cubes of letters and try and make words from them. Sure, sure. Uh, the most points that you could get in this game was if you could make any word at least eight letters or more. According to Wikipedia, because I didn't bother to do the research to actually go find the rules. Uh, according to Wikipedia, what were the max amount of points awarded for this? And your answers are 9, 10, 11, or 12. So, Philip. Uh, 11. 11. All right. And Jess? 12. 12. And Andrew? I actually think it's 12, too. All right. Well, you thought wrong because it was 11. <laughs> <laughs> Never follow me. I'm bad at this. <laughs> Philip, you won a game. <laughs> I say Are that, but I think you've won a cup. I, I think you've won at least two. I, out of out of the um, I, I, 700. <laughs> you've won a couple recently. That That's the more important piece. Oh, there we go. I'm on a streak. You are on a streak, I think. Maybe. A rising star. <laughs> a rising sun. Uh, Ooh. Not here anymore. <laughs> this guy no. sold his copy of Rising Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Never played it. All right. Uh, that is most of what we've got this week. So, Adrian, Jess, thank you for coming on the show. If you want to, once again, uh, promote anything or social medias, Twitch streams. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having us, by the way. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, we are Gamosity.com, spelled with an S, not a C. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, and we do a occasional podcast ourselves off of Gamosity.com. Uh, and uh, Jess, I don't know. Jess is our, uh, in addition to being more talented and, and intelligent than me, also manages all of our social media stuff. So is there anything else that the folks need to know? Uh, I mean, you can just find us on all the social medias, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Sometimes even TikTok when I remembered it, it exists. <laughs> you might want to get on that TikTok. That's, yeah, that, yeah. I hear some kids are on there and it's pretty I, good. I remember it. I use it all the time. I just don't feel like making them on. <laughs> you got to keep doing it. And it's, it's, it's a lot of work. I can't do There's everything. some great people on there though. Yes. Which is great if that's like your main thing that you start. But this is the main thing. And then everything right. else is extra. Well, you do your thing. Yeah. We'll do ours. And hopefully people will watch both. Yes. Roll that beautiful beat footage. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. If you like what we're doing and you want to watch the show live, we record every other Sunday-ish, mostly, sometimes. Uh, you go to boardsandswords.com slash live. It's got the schedule. It's got the links to all the live streaming channels. Um, also, check out boardsandswords.com. It's got the uh, stuff we used to do in the past, and we might bring back in the future. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. Big if. All right. We love comments and feedback. Let us know where we suck. That's fine. I can take it. I can take it, guys. Uh, you can send us comments and questions. Feedback at boardsandswords.com. Go figure. We're on social media. Facebook.com slash boardsandswordspod. 
Uh, I'm at Boards and Swords on Twitter. Phil is at Phil the Dirtbag. And uh, at Boards and Swords Chris on Instagram because somebody took Boards and Swords and I can't get it. Yeah. This podcast There's is also this guy who st- he still has Dirtbag Phil. Yeah, he does. hasn't released it yet. One of these days. Uh, this I, podcast I is also a part of Punchboard Media. Uh, for other great podcasts and blogs, videos, etc., punchboardmedia.com. And thank you for listening. Once again, check out patreon.com slash boards and swords help support the show. And we'll be back in two weeks, probably, with another show. In the meantime, remember that every gamer has a story. And is anybody else tempted to buy a belt now? Not really. I mean, maybe if it's got a hotel on it. I do need a belt, though. <laughs> Like I do, I that would be more out. of a belt buckle, just something really big and like ostentatious. Just you bang. joke, but I bet if I oh, scroll down further, it's there. <laughs> it's probably there. just a monopoly oh, yeah. M, just like just a <laughs> giant monopoly M. Then you look like a superhero. <laughs> I am Mr. Monopoly, man. capitalism man. <laughs> For Philip, the M would be Munchkin. Yes, very good. No, I would get the I get that that battle axe with the face. Ah. Oh, yeah. The, the unnatural axe. Yes. I just want to know, Philip, do you have the poster for your bathroom that says you get plus one if you wash your hands? I don't. Well, Christmas is coming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and another three. is rather close. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. The, our game, our local game store has that. It's like a poster by the mirror. That's like a m- giant munchkin card that says if you, if you wash your hands with soap and you can present your hands as proof, then you get plus one on your next battle or whatever. Amazing. Also somewhat depressing in its implications, but we, we soldier on. <laughs> we too.